I'm Laura. I'm Kate. And we are greeting you from the powers of FaceTime audio because my internet is still the world's worst internet in the world. Um, it's not the world's worst internet in the world because I get to see Kate's beaming face multiple times a day at the moment over um, over FaceTime, holding each other accountable for all the work that we've got to do, which feels like it's an ever-growing thing, isn't it, Kate? Yeah, I definitely in the holidays. I remember when you said, oh, Kate, there's only one more week of the holiday. And I was like, what? I thought there were like three weeks left. And therefore, I had loads more time to get my dissertation finished. But I have not done that. So here we are. Here we are, exactly. Just making a little project plan for how on earth we're going to get through the next few weeks of our online term um, and deadlines approaching. Kate, how's term been for you online so far? I mean, I haven't loved it. I'll be honest. Uh, what's dif what's difficult? I just find getting dressed and having had breakfast in time to join in with online chapel is a task that I cannot complete. I agree. I like in person. I've never, I'm never late to chapel. I'm always there. I've always gone to breakfast. Out of what have we had, 10 days of chapel so far, only once have I managed to make it fully dressed and breakfasted before 8.20. Every other day I've been oh, eating my I breakfast. Breakfast, or I breakfast during it. So there's these brilliant moments at the end where we uh, where we, yeah, have to turn our cameras on at the end and wave each other in our dressing gowns. Yeah, and my dressing gown, like there's no way you could not know that I was not dressed. You know, it's so obvious. Although I don't understand on teams, Whenever I'm on teams, I only really see four people. There's no way of getting a grid like on Zoom. Well, good news is that apparently from Friday, although I didn't see it, you're supposed to be able to see nine, up to nine people at a time. So maybe tomorrow we'll get a little treat and we'll get to see all well, nine people in one go. I don't want to upset everybody, but I will not be able to go to chapel tomorrow because I am driving to my new curacy house and dropping off my paint for all my different rooms. Yes, it's so exciting, isn't it? You're moving, like, imminently. Curiously I'm starting on Thursday, which is terrifying, um, but it's been quite exciting because it has meant that I've been able to buy furniture. Yes, many, many new pieces of furniture on a spreadsheet. Well, only bought a um, uh, L-shaped blue velvet sofa bed. Lovely. And I bought a chest of drawers, and I have bought a vintage g-plan tv unit very cool and the and the pebble ice maker is still a still a tbc is it well i would like the pebble ice maker but i think I, I will wait for the house to sell because currently i'm spending the money in my grant and i have not gone over the grant but i feel like the pebble ice maker is a luxury that really does one need it yes that was a, a, a good discussion we had yesterday does one need it should one have one yeah, is it just a luxury item? So. Just be happy with the ice that one makes from trays that one breaks repeatedly from the freezer. Yeah, I mean, it's a faff, but it does work. The funny thing I did today was I've been, because I'm getting a puppy on Thursday, and so one of the things obviously you have to do when you move is clean your house quite thoroughly. Um, and in order for it not to be super stressful on the day that I move, I've been taking everything out of my kitchen cupboards and then cleaning the cupboard. Oh, you're very good. That's very well yeah. planned. Today I cleaned out my glass cupboard and was like, why do I have 100 glasses? Literally 100. Do you I have... That's amazing. 
approximately 30 tumblers. Why? Well, maybe you could say so. I could do with some tumblers. I think I have about one tum one tumbler left in a box of kitchen stuff tucked somewhere in one of my many residences. Um, but you think never, I've got, I've got blue tumblers that stack. I've got ridge tumblers. I've got kind of like funky tumblers that you can have a cocktail. In. I've got some vintage tumblers. I've got some tumblers with like uh, pineapple on them. I've got some beer pit. I've got so many glasses. It's insane. Lovely. Well, that like, what fun. is a normal amount of glasses to have? That is an excellent question because here there are three of us living here, and I think there are, I think there are six or maybe eight glasses that 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 one might drink a soft beverage out of. So not okay. many. It's quite a lot yeah. of washing up during the day. Cocktail glasses, wine glasses of different sizes, beer glasses, shot glasses, and then about three, no, probably about eight different types of tumbler. Feels like quite a lot. It sounds like you could have the best party, best massive house party ever and not need to buy a single disposable cup. So oh, if anything, no, I, it's really good for the planet. I would not need to buy my cups if I had a party. I'm ready. You are so ready. And so you're getting a puppy. That's really exciting. Do you want to tell us a bit about that? Well, Charlie Parker's arriving by Curie on Thursday. Brilliant. He's named after my favourite jazz musician, Charlie Yardbird Parker, who was music I used to play when I was at school. Initially, I wanted to have a dog called Paul Newman because I found the concept of shouting, Paul Newman, Paul Newman, in a field utterly delightful. But actually, I was chatting to a friend of mine. He was talking about wanting to have a dog and call it Django, after a jazz artist, um, who I hadn't really heard of, but he knows more about music than I do. And I was like, actually, I feel like Charlie Parker's a better name for a dog. Yeah, Charlie Parker's a fantastic name for a dog, I think. Charlie Parker! Charlie Parker! Yeah, although my incumbent said you should never give a dog a name that's more than two syllables. Oh, well, maybe we'll have to respectfully disagree with him on that one. Well, hopefully Charlie Parker will answer to Charlie Parker if Charlie Parker's called Charlie Parker from day one. Exactly, and once you've established yourself as head of the pack, which you'll, yeah. you will do with with ease, I imagine, um, then he, he will respond well to his wonderful name. Yeah, um, and Laura, I noticed that you've been doing loads of reading. Um, yes, loads of reading. Less... So many novels. I've read so many novels. I know it's really yeah. slowed down though since term started. Oh, so bummer. term started ten days ago, um, and the progress has been really slow on the reading um although i'm blaming that on term starting in actual fact it's because i've got really addicted to watching normal people um oh. which i'm now watching instead of my reading time before bed and it is so good um i only watched oh i don't know if i watched five or six episodes and i stopped because like because I know the story and I know that some bad stuff's going to happen and I don't think I want to see it. Oh, no. Don't say that. Um, because, well, no, you're further ahead of me, aren't you? I'm on episode eight now. So, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it's, it's, it's so gripping. I'm really... I will say that being 31 years old and living with your mum and dad, um, on the whole, is a, a very positive... On the whole, has been a very positive experience. Um, other than the moment of watching normal people together and episode two where they there is a long and explicit sex scene 
um, <laughs> which no one should ever watch with their parents in the room. I think we were all equally embarrassed and we'll never be doing that again. And so I then have taken to watching all people on my own. I actually chatted to my friend Hallie yesterday and I told her about that. And she said that her mum had read it with her book group and she had also read it. So although her mum said, we can watch it together, she said, I don't think you should. That is so wise. Very wise. So actually, wise. You watched something yesterday and I told you that there was a sex scene in it just to be ready. Exactly. Yes, you warned me because we watched, we've been watching... Um, Un- you watch unorthodox unorthodox yeah. which is amazing and we love it we're so addicted um, um and the sex scene is less awkward than the normal people one but it's yeah. it, it actually it's just really heartbreaking if anything um but we were we did actually talk about that over the lunch table today um and just shared our mutual sadness about that um and we just gently breezed past the awkwardness of normal people um what your general sadness about what about the sex scene in Unorthodox. Oh, what? Because she. And um, between between the husband and wife. Um, and how it's how like their communication around it. Right. How difficult it would be. In the... Talking about a different scene. Okay, there's another yes. one coming. Yes, exactly. I can sense the other one coming. We're watching episode four tonight, so oh. I'm sent. Oh yes. So it was it was really hotting up last night, and then episode three ended, and we decided there was time for bed. <laughs> Yeah, um, love. I really enjoyed it. I want to read the book actually. Yeah. Um, I think the book is slightly different. Anyway, Same, we have yeah. another pop culture. Yes, this is our handle pop culture, but um, we were talking about five, ten minutes ago about chapel, weren't we, and prayer, and um, morning prayer rhythm, and we thought maybe on this episode we would talk a bit about our rhythms of prayer and what that's been like. Um, during coronavirus but also I suppose more broadly as well so um, yeah because that's the one thing that we can all do at the moment Um, even for those who don't have as much time you know and actually coronavirus means that there's more time pressure than ever before Um, prayer is the one thing that we have we all have access to all are able to do so Kate any starter comments on prayer at the moment what was really amazing was today i think it was care fund released some statistics about the amount of people from 18 to 34 who are engaging with religion at this time and it's like 25 percent of people yeah it's amazing isn't it yeah really high and i think they also did some statistics about the the different things that people were praying for so primarily they're praying for their family um i think that was that was 54 percent um, then I think it was high 20s, praying for your friends, praying for um, like health workers um, and like, yeah. And I think maybe there was another one as well, maybe praying for the end of the virus. And I, it's really interesting because just thinking about, I remember when I went to my bath and one of the questions was, can you explain a time when you really struggled to pray? And I have one that I talked about, but with relation to coronavirus and how to respond to the actual virus, I think it is really difficult to know how to pray. And I think for me, a lot of what comes up is, do I think that God sent coronavirus? Yeah, exactly. How, yeah, how do we pray intelligently around that? Um, How do we relate this event as someone who, unsurprisingly, you'll all realise, comes from, and would see themselves more in the conservative world where God's sovereignty is quite is a big thing like that's a big theological part of being a, 
of my faith and I do believe in the sovereignty of God but where does that land me on the virus yeah exactly yeah there's been some interesting um reflections from various parts of the internet aren't there and um yeah and I I yeah again I believe in sovereignty of God but I really do not believe that God sent this virus I I think I have come to I've thought about it a lot um but yeah I don't either and I I watched I think what I found really interesting is yeah I don't believe that God sent the virus I do believe that God can work in the virus yes yeah Uh, and you know maybe i would say i think potentially we might say that people might come to faith because of what's happening yeah i would maybe say i don't well would i say in spite of what's happening so in spite of corona like in spite of the fact that we are in these horrific circumstances yeah um it's so hard isn't it to not i don't want to put like the positive spin on coronavirus of of like oh it's you know it's a good thing because of all you know people have come to faith or whatever because it's so tragic the number of people that have died i think we can't put that spin on it but being able to recognize that despite all of that there are there are some joys of this season there are some good things that have come out of it and i think that we can see god yeah we can see him at work and we can pray and um i've been writing this um well reading to write an essay on um what does it mean to pray thy kingdom come god you know what does it actually mean to be praying for god's kingdom to come on earth and recognizing the gap between um the kingdom um and what will happen in heaven and what's happening on earth now and the gap in between um and praying that actually the kingdom is already here and we 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 need to see it we need to open our eyes to it um and join in with what god is doing already um yes yeah i think yeah that's really interesting i did some reading about the kingdom for one of my essays and there were different views about it like some people thinking god has brought his kingdom we are just witnesses to his kingdom i think that isn't quite where i land i do think that we we can help create a, a the kingdom on earth in the way that we treat people. Yeah. One of the greatness services that I have witnessed is the number of Christians who are arguing about things that I don't think matter. So all these people who are at each other's throats arguing about buildings. Yeah. And communion and things. When actually to me, if we were bringing God's kingdom at this time, it would be love and caring for people. And today one of the most beautiful things that happened was that um, the uh, these churches have worked together um, to bring loads of different denominations together to sing a blessing, and it was totally ecumenical, and that was amazing, and that is, to me, what bringing the kingdom is. Exactly. It was the most beautiful expression of unity and what we can be um, united around. Um, yeah. without we you know there was nothing that we needed to squabble about we just needed no. to say you know to the nation to the uk um you know we are praying that god blesses everyone yeah, yeah. and i think this has been a time when i think i've really discovered liturgy okay tell me more about that well you know at, at the points where you don't have the language 
to pray the prayers that you want to pray, I have found liturgy to be a real comfort and to be something that has given me phrases to pray when I don't have the words. Yeah, there's that Celtic, lovely Celtic one you shared with me the other day. What was that? Um, let nothing affright thee, let nothing disturb thee. All things are passing, God never changeth. Yeah, that's so beautiful, isn't it? It's really, really beautiful. And when you've had, you know, sometimes I think in this moment, we have a, like a one really bad day. Yeah. And it's just awful. And you feel like you're at the absolute pit, absolute pit of your ability to cope. And I found real comfort in the the kind of the liturgy of a morning, morning coffee. Yeah. In every moment holy that basically kind of puts behind you the day that has been and asks for renewal for this day. Yeah, exactly. And that's really powerful, isn't it? And then, uh, you know, I, over weeks of doing that, you then can recognise, you, you can. I think it's easier to recognise the ups and downs that have happened as well. Yeah. I've been like, you've, you know, you've said that solidly and it's meant, it's had different levels of meaning as you've said it over the various days and it starts to go i think it starts to go really deep yeah uh, we've been saying celtic yeah. evening prayer as a family together and there was there's a line um i can't what it exactly is but it was all about um in my anxiety or in my in my anxious thoughts you're with me and at the beginning it was just like the anxiety was off the charts yeah um whereas now my anxiety has gone down a lot um, but I, every time I pray it, I remember back to like five weeks ago and I think God was as much with me then as he is now. He is faithful and constant throughout it. And I can recognize his faithfulness in that, yeah. in those ups and downs. Yeah. And I think for me, this is the time of all things are passing. God never changes. Yeah. This for me has been a real uncertain time because I'm about to start a new career as I begin my curacy, I'm going to sell my house and I'm going to move. And that's a lot of change all within the space of a few weeks. But having that to hold on to, that this time will pass. Yeah. But God is not going to change. And that to me has been such a comfort, particularly I think as I'm alone. But actually having that God does not change and I can rely on him every day. And sometimes the only person I will talk to in the day is God. But I know that that, that solid foundation of the fact that he's there me. And that has been incredibly comforting. Yeah, that's amazing. The only per Yeah, if you're the only person you speak to in the day is God. Yeah. That's powerful. Um, yeah. I was um, speaking at a church thing last week and someone said, you know, asked the question of um, what would you tell our young people um, uh, what like one piece of advice would you give to young people and i said you know to get your prayer you know get your prayer life i mean there's no such thing as sorted but let that be your focus and your priority because of that is the thing that will sustain you um yeah. throughout your life if you were to give a piece of advice to someone who's never prayed before um what would a piece of advice you would give them be that is such a great question laura i think find a liturgy that you love and say it every day. Yeah. Or find one verse from scripture 
that speaks to you so profoundly about your relationship with God and start with that and start with saying that at the same time every day yeah I love that yeah and um, I read this quote from um it was uh, from the archbishops when they were launching thy kingdom come a few years ago and they said they said the lord's prayer is something that is simple enough for children to learn but kind of strong enough to last a lifetime sustain a lifetime of prayer and it's that familiarity and regularity isn't it that helps um just having something as an anchor point that yeah as you were saying gives you the words when you don't have any words left um, yeah something something simple um, that expresses something of your heart to God. Yes. Yeah. 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 But I think that's good. And I find, like, I have a notebook that I write in every day in the morning. And I, I always start, and this has definitely helped me at this time as well. I always start with thanks. Yeah. Just, you know, giving thanks for the most mundane things. You know, nice food, a new recipe, the sunshine, going for a walk, speaking to family. Because actually, although they might seem little, they are massively sustaining me through this time. And that has helped me to begin with thanks. And I've then got a list of all the people I pray for every day. And that is, that's just really helping me with my pattern of prayer in this time. Yeah, amazing. Amazing. Um, good. Well, hopefully that's encouraged people who are... Um, we'd love to hear from people actually who are whether or not you're struggling to pray at the moment whether it's mm. something easy something difficult whether you've found new rhythms and new patterns of prayer um yeah. loyal listeners we'd love to hear from you loyal only loyal listeners. <laughs> i think only the loyal ones will have made it this far through because although we said it would be short we're still at 22 minutes anyway friends thanks so much for listening this far please get in touch as ever we yeah. love hearing from you love hearing from people i hope that you have a wonderful week um final thing i wanted to say the city the church of the city of new york has got listies of hope on their website and my friend shared them with me yesterday and they are beautiful my favorite one is the one for those who mourn because it isn't just about this is a time of lament and this is a time of grief and we grieve the deaths of our loved ones. But we have a lot of people who are grieving something that they thought was going to happen. Mm -hmm. And and the way that it's phrased is just so beautiful. So I really highly recommend checking those out as well. Lovely. Thank you. Even I will go and check those out as well. Um, well, I think you'll like them. I think I'll like them. Um, like well, thanks so much for journeying us with, with us this far, friends. And we will be in touch with you soon. Bye. Yes, we will. Bye. Bye.